way down. Everybody doing good tonight? Hallelujah. Everybody have a good day? Yeah, we had a good day. Andrew and I started out the day bright and early, 7.30 this morning at Temple Christian High School where I did their chapel this morning, so that was really fun. Taught on be the container. Well, so, you know, we're just a container. You know that, Pastor Phyllis? You're just a, you're just a 99 cent container. You know that? But it's what's inside of you. But you're not 99 cents. <laughs> That's the truth. I'm sure Pastor would agree to that. Expensive. Hallelujah. But tonight, what's really fun is uh, we started in, we're starting a new series. And Pastor Dosek asked Pastor Kylan and myself and Pastor Tim if uh, we would teach on a series called The Unshakables. Not The Incredibles, The Unshakables. <laughs> and I get the fun privilege of, I guess, uh, starting out by uh, doing the Underground Foundation uh, work tonight by the title of Unshakable Roots. Unshakable Roots. And what's crazy is, is when I was looking in the Bible about unshakable roots and, and looking at the definitions and stuff, I found out it's, I wasn't really uh, excited about it or it wasn't a really big revelation. Roots are so much more important than any, anything. The, the roots of anything, a bush, a tree, a plant, uh, whatever, it's more important than any of the stuff above ground. It's even more important than the fruit because the root produces the fruit. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm, you know, it didn't surprise me that the roots is, are, are more important, but it was a good revelation to know that. And I know that I think Pastor Kyla next week is going to be teaching on fruits, and so I'm going to try not to step on <laughs> any fruit that he uh, wants to talk to you about tonight. But I do have to say that Anything that is being produced in your life, whether good fruit or bad fruit and even no fruit, hello, the fig tree, Jesus cursed, it all has to do with the roots. It all has to do with the roots. And we as people, we really don't focus on roots. We really don't focus what's underground. We are, we're surface Christians. I'm I'm serious. Uh, or you can even say it like this, um, we're uh, shallow Christians. You know, I, I mean, it's even in the Bible. Remember when the prophet went and talked to David or was trying to find out who's going to be the next king? I mean, even the prophet looked at the son and was like, whoa, this guy's the one, man. He's huge. He's big. He looks great. He's handsome. He's good looking. He's the one. And God said, uh-uh. No, no, no. You're only looking at the surface. You're only looking above the ground. Now, God looks at the heart. And so we really need to do more underground searching than above ground. Look at concrete, for instance. Uh, is, is any of my concrete guys over here tonight? Okay, there's one. All right, I don't know where the Bechtels are. They must be pouring or something. But concrete looks fantastic. It's hard. I mean, look at what you can do with concrete. I mean, monster trucks drive on it. All the vibration, uh, all the different elements, the, the snow, the thawing, the unthawing. It can only take that because of what's been done underground. The prep work. There's a lot of prep work. If the prep work's wrong, guess what? The concrete will crack, bust up, not stay there. So it's underground. And uh, I, uh, I'm going to be the first one to tell you that when it comes to fruit, okay, I'll be transparent. You know, there's some fruit that isn't good, you know, in my life. 
You know, I've got to work on some things. But then there's other areas of my life that I have awesome fruit. It's amazing. So I have to find out, and we have to find out, what is the root cause of some of the bad fruit that's hanging out in our life? Or good fruit or no fruit, you know? What is the root cause of bad relationships? You know, I mean, we counsel people all the time. You know, they get into one bad relationship after another, after another, after another, and it's like it, it, they find a guy who beats or, or whatever, and all, here comes another guy that does the same, and here comes another guy. Well, what's the root cause of that? What's the root cause of uh, financial success in your life or not so financial success in your life? What's the root cause of that? What's the root cause of anger? What's the root cause? You know, what's the root cause of you fill in the blank? We have to figure that out, whether it's good fruit, whether it's bad fruit. We've got to figure that out. Amen? And here's the deal, guys. Jesus is the root. Jesus is the root. And I'm going to prove that to you tonight. So if you do have your Bible or you want to turn it on, uh, you can turn to Revelations 22, 16. 22, 16. And uh, I'm not going to keep you long tonight, I promise. I, I'm, I think I'm going to run through this pretty quick. But it says in Revelation 22, 16, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify to you these things in the churches, that I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. So he's saying, he's saying, hey, I'm the root, but he says I'm also the offspring. Well, how can Jesus be the offspring? Well, hello, when he came to the earth as Jesus, he is now born a man, and now he's the offspring. So he is the bright and morning star. Or you could say it like this. He's, I am the first, I am the last. I am the beginning, I am the end. I am the author and the finisher of our faith. That's what it's talking about right there in Revelations. And if you look over at Romans, he's also the alpha and the omega as well. Romans eleven sixteen says that if the first fruit is holy, then of course the whole bunch is holy. And if the root is holy, and who's the root? Jesus is the root. Then guess what? The whole branches are holy as well. And now let me show you some in the Old Testament too. And I was asking Nicole, I said, hey Nicole, I said, do you know that uh, Jesus is the root? And she said, yeah. I said, well, how do you know that? She says, well, it says that uh, there's a root that shall come forth out of Jesse. I said, whoa. You're pretty good. Or you've been looking at my notes, one or the other. So, you know, but that's what it says. Also, in, in uh, Isaiah 11:1, 1, there shall come forth a rod from Jesse. Isaiah 11:10, and in that day there shall be a root of Jesse who shall stand as a banner to the people. Isaiah 53, 2, for he shall grow up before them as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. So Jesus is the root. And we're going to come back to that at the end of the service. But one of my points tonight is, and you can write this down if you want to, unshakable roots must be planted. If you want to have unshakable roots, they must be planted. Seeds have to be planted. Yeah? They have to be planted. Hello? I mean, the, the parable of the sower? We see what happens if they're not planted. And... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lay this out, I guess, you know, as, as easy as I can. It's not enough to have seeds thrown on us once a week or twice a week. 
is that maybe this should be done on Sunday. I mean, these guys are rooted people here on Wednesday nights. This is a Sunday message, you know? But it's not enough just to spread seeds over you once or twice a week. And listen, the word get, gets preached here. I mean, good seed, well, the word is all good. It gets thrown out every single week. But it's not good enough that it, it just, you have to do what? You have to plant the seed. You have to plant it. And uh, <clears throat> Psalms, if you'll turn to Psalms 92, 13. Unshakable roots must be planted. Psalms 92, 13. It says, those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Whoa, what, what kind of people are going to flourish? Those that are what? Those that are planted in the courts of our Lord. They're going to flourish. You have to be planted. And let's, let me tell you this. We here at Only Believe Ministries, we want you planted. We want you planted. If you haven't become a member, well, number one, why? Uh, maybe you're still checking us out. That's great. But get planted in the church. Get planted in the church. Uh, we have, I think, I asked Pastor Conway, I think we have 20 groups in the church. Get into a group, an art group, or a, uh, I don't know what kind of groups we have. Cooking group. Um, there's tons of groups in here. I know there's a bicycle group somewhere. There's lots of groups. Your interests, connect groups. Get into a connect group. All right, get involved. Hello, we have to serve also. Serve in your local church. Get planted. Uh, we have marriage classes that are going on all the time. And it's not just for marriages that are bad or need help. Uh, it's just helps you, all right? It helps you get rooted deeper in your marriage. I, mean, I think we have one coming up this Sunday. Get in these classes. Get rooted in the church. Because the Bible didn't say that, oh, where's that scripture verse? Can you put that back up there one more time? Sorry, sorry. The Bible didn't say, Psalms 92. It didn't say, those who attend the house of the Lord shall flourish. It said those who are planted in the house of God shall flourish. So I don't want to be mean. I'm just, I'm being real. Okay? I'm just, I'm just being real. All right? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, boy. All right. Now, the other thing is this. Um, being planted. And I was thinking, okay, who, who do I know that is a good example or would be a good example of somebody who doesn't just attend, but has been planted. And there's lots of people, but I'm just going to use my neighbors, okay? For instance, Ray and Annie Moody. How many of you know who Ray and Annie Moody are? A little bit? Okay. Some of you do, some of you don't. All right. When we moved in our neighborhood, Ray and Annie lived there already. Uh, I live here, and they live over here at Caddy Corner. And um, Nicole went over and introduced herself and started witnessing right away. I told her not to do it. She did it anyway. I said, let them get to know us first. Probably a good thing we didn't let them get to know us first. <laughs> So, quit your laughing there. <clears throat> but anyhow, they ended up, you know, getting led to the Lord. And I think we have a picture of them also. All right, we have a picture of Ray and Annie, if you didn't know who they were, uh, coming up on the screen. There they are. So they were the highlight, I guess, this month in the cafe. But, you know, when I kind of helped lead Ray to the Lord, and when he got saved, you know, they started coming to the church, and they, they decided they didn't want to just be attenders, Right away, they got planted. 
I mean, they open up their house to home groups. That's another place you can get involved in, home groups. We have them once a month. Get involved in there. Get planted. So they did that. And then Ray, uh, man, I, I go over to his house. He's reading his Bible. And he's reading, his, reading her Bible. And all of a sudden, blessings start just overtaking them. They was flourishing, as Psalm says. She worked for Janome, which is a, a monster sewing place, I guess, worldwide known. And she, God gave her an idea. She went to Janome with that idea. And Janome says, we don't want it. Well, can I have it? They said, yeah, do whatever you want to. And she created an amazing business with it. I hope she's a millionaire by now. I don't know if she is or not, but she has an office and she has employees. You know, God gave her an idea. And, but then it all just wasn't wonderful because the family, their family, wasn't happy that they gave their life to Jesus. They enjoyed Ray with his horrible mouth who cussed all the time. So I know that a couple of you guys in here did business with him. And man, that guy had a mouth, boy. I mean, he was like a sailor. So F this and F that. And his family, believe it or not, they said, we like you the old way. Wow. What happened to you, Dad? Why are you getting saved now? Why not 20 years ago? What's wrong with you? Why now? They're like, well, we just heard the truth now. But through the hard times, through those issues, and then he had other issues with his company that he worked for, they didn't just fall away and say, forget it. No, you know what they did? They dug deeper. They put their roots deeper. And he started playing music. And then they decided to start working in the cafe together. And then he's in the choir. And then he's doing songs on special occasions. And it's just amazing. And now he's up here on stage singing. So you know what? They didn't just attend. They got planted and rooted in the church. And they're flourishing. And they're flourishing. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Okay, can I have a flower? Can I have some new flowers? Yes. Thank you, Lincoln. Appreciate those. Aren't these beautiful? Nicole thought I brought these home for her. <laughs> she said, thanks for the flowers. These ain't for you. These are for my lesson. <laughs> Aren't these gorgeous? They're so, I, and I did sunflowers because every picture on Facebook is people in front of sunflowers. How many of you guys have sunflower pictures? I've probably seen some of you in your sunflower pictures. Really cute. Really, really nice. But anyhow, so I did sunflowers. They're vibrant. They smell good. They look good. They're pretty. I mean, this would like make anybody's day a good day, wouldn't it, John? I mean, if you're having a bad day and somebody brings you these gorgeous flowers, I mean, it'd just make your day, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, these represent a new Christian. And why does it represent a new Christian? Anybody know? Well, what, somebody said it. Who said it? That's right. No roots. They're beautiful, but there's no roots. There's no roots. And these wonderful, beautiful flowers, which I'm going to give to my mother-in-law, because I don't think I've given you flowers ever, have I? No. No, well, there you go. You. You're welcome. Very nice. And I don't want anything in return from those either. All right? <laughs> but eventually, if they don't get rooted, then something's going to happen. Lincoln, can I please have the next set of flowers? Wow. Oh, the wrong ones. That's okay. 
okay. Can I have the other ones, Lincoln? Hmm. Let me have the other ones. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Here, just hold on to these for a second, all right? All right, thank you. It's okay. Now, these flowers, you know, they don't look like those. And the color is starting to fade. And uh, because they didn't get rooted in anything, then something starts to happen. They, they start to get offendable, you know, at, at certain points in time. And, and if they're not rooted, they're going to hear some stuff they may not like, you know, at church. And, uh, and it's going to get really bad. And then they're going to start missing church. They're not going to be as fluffy and, and loving and beautiful and airy that they once were. And then if they still don't get rooted, then, then something else happens. Lincoln, what, what, what do they look like? That? There we go. Thank you. Thank you. Now, wow. They, they lose their color. Uh, they're slumped over. They're sad. They're not happy. They become offendable, very offendable. Bitterness creeps in, and that takes root instead of anything else, right? During praise and worship. Why are we here? I don't know. I don't know either. We just keep coming. Why do we keep coming? I don't know. Oh, the music's too loud. Them demonic drums. Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. It's ridiculous. And, I mean, they were like that. But they didn't get rooted. And so they started looking like this. And then they begin to look like this. And the next step is they dry out completely. And they end up just blowing away in the wind. In the wind. Like plants that are falling apart and old. And, and so the seat's empty on Sunday. They're not there. You make a phone call. They don't answer the call. You knock on the door. They either are not home or they don't come to the door. And all the we miss you notes go in the trash. And we don't know why. We don't know. I, I can name, I don't know, a dozen families and people. I have no clue. What did, did we say something wrong? Did we do something wrong? Or is it that they just weren't planted? And they let everything get to them. They let the world get to them. They let circumstances get to them. They let people get to them. And they just fade away right on out the door. This place should be full of those people if they would have just got planted. Now, Lincoln, can I please have the small mum? Thank you. Now this, now this is a Christian who got planted. He looked like that, beautiful, vibrant. He started not just hearing the word, but he was a doer of it. And the seeds didn't just land anywhere, but they planted themselves. And so they're starting to grow. They still look fantastic. But they're growing. They're doing what they're supposed to do. They're listening to the Word. They're, they're like reading the Word. And they're singing and praising God, not just at church, but at home as well. And they're growing. And yeah, yeah, winter's coming. And they're going through some tough times. But hello, 
our comforter said he's never going to leave us, never going to forsake us. Comforter means parakletos. Parakletos means one set to the side of somebody, assigned to the side of us. So the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our parakletos, is never going to leave us nor forsake us, no matter what is going on. And so they hold on to that. They stay in the ground, even when winter comes, even when it feels like God's not there, even when they're having rough times with their kids, even when people are saying, you're nuts for going to OBM, only bring money, cash or credit, please. They don't care. They stay. And they stay planted. And they get dig even deeper. And then when spring comes, they look a little bit different. Don't they, Lincoln? Yeah. Absolutely. Because they've endured the hardships. And they got their roots planted even deeper. And so now they become unoffendable according to Psalms 119, 165, like you're supposed to be. They don't let things get to them. And now other people are coming to them for advice. What did you do? I knew you went through that, man, and it was rough. How did you get through that? Well, let me tell you how. And they're not just taking, but they're giving, and they're serving, and they're helping. Now, who is a brand new member? Anybody in here tonight that just signed up as a member in the church? Anybody at all? Who? Anybody? No, you did? Come on up here. There you go, man. <laughs> Stay planted, brother. Welcome. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> now, other than Pastor Phyllis, who was made to come to church 32 years ago, who is the longest standing member that might be here tonight? Anybody might know? Who's been here 25 years? Are you Wow! Who's been here? Who? Carol, how long have you been here? 1983. Forever. Carol, come here, girl. Woo! Hallelujah. And listen, Carol's a prime example of the things that all through her life, the hardships that have happened, everything that's going on, the good and the bad and the ugly. And she has stayed strong. I remember, half of you guys don't even know she played piano. I mean, it still sometimes plays piano. You know, but she went through a rough spat, even at church, and she stopped playing the piano. But you know, she never gave up. She continued to let her roots grow deeper, did not get offended. When her husband went to be with the Lord, she didn't go crazy. She stayed calm. She put her trust in the Lord even deeper. God gave her an amazing man. We're even relatives now. It's awesome. Hallelujah. But and so she grew and grew and grew to be beautiful and still growing. The Bible said you'll still flourish. You'll still grow even in old age if you'll plant and dig in. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. All right. The second thing. Unshakable roots must be watered. They must be watered. Unshakable roots must be planted, and unshakable roots must be watered. Turn to Jeremiah 17.7. Jeremiah 17.7. I'm doing good. All right, it says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Can we have eight? Or not? Okay, for he shall be like a tree 
planted by the waters, which spread out its roots by the river and will not fear when heat comes. Whoa, wow. So if you're rooted, fear has no place in your life. Okay? But its leaf will be green and will not be anxious in the years of drought. Oh, so no anxiety either. Wow, no fear, no anxiety. How many of you like to live like that? Huh? Nor will cease from yielding fruit. Wow. That's Jeremiah 17.8. That's a fantastic scripture, isn't it? Those whose hope is in the Lord, who trusts in the Lord, shall be like that tree who digs in no fear, no anxiety. You will not cease to yield fruit. Praise the Lord. Psalms 1-2 says it like this. If you got it. All right. Oh, wait a minute. Where are you at there? Uh, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, all right, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. What is that saying right there? That means he's changed his position. He's no longer sitting out there in the world, but he's now in with the in crowd, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Keep going. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water. Boy, where have we just heard that? That brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. Did you hear that last part? Whatever he does shall prosper. So if, you're go if you dig in, if you dig into this word, if you pray, if you study, if you seek God, it says whatever you do shall prosper. Wow, it's not hard. It's simple. It's super simple. Amen. Get planted. Study the word. Meditate the word. Reading the word and hearing the word is watering your roots. And you can find that in Ephesians 5:26. All through scripture, watering is the word. Watering is like watering the word. It's putting the word. It's like water to you. It's like water to your roots. Reading the Word, studying the Word, speaking the Word over you is watering your roots. Amen? If you have bad roots in your finances, well, guess what? Get in the Word. Find out what the Bible says about tithing and giving and sowing and reaping. Water the good roots. Watch what happens to the bad roots. They disappear. And the good roots will go deeper and deeper and deeper. Have you guys noticed the roots on the screen? How they continue to get deeper and grow longer as we're reading the Word and we're in the Word. Hallelujah. It's awesome. That was my idea, by the way. Andrew fulfilled that idea. It was awesome. Praise the God. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. John 15, 4 says, I am the vine, or the root, and you are the branches. He who abides or stays in one place for a long period of time, you understand that? He who abides or stays in one place for a long period of time, what happens to them? In me and I in him bears much fruit. But here's the weird part. For without me, you can do nothing. Wow, Jesus is pretty prideful right there. If you think about it. No, I can do some things. No, he says, you can do nothing without me because I'm the vine. I am the root. Without me, you can do nothing. What's Philippians 4.13 says though? On the other end, with me, I can do all things. So with the root, with Jesus, 
you can do all things. But without me, I guess you can't even take out the trash. I, I, I don't know. I know Pastor can't without Pastor Phyllis. So, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So now what I want to do is I want to read you a passage of Scripture, but I want to read it in the Message Bible. How many of you guys know what the Message Bible is? All right. I don't like reading the Message Bible all the time. I, I actually don't study in the Message Bible, but, you know, I like being different, and, uh, and I want to read it in a story form. And we're going to start in, uh, in 2 Kings, the 18th chapter, and we're talking about King Hezekiah. And I told you that at the end of the message, we're going to find out why I wanted you to know that Jesus was the root and, and why it's so important and why you can't do nothing without him, but you can do everything with him. And in Hezekiah, he becomes king in the Second Kings chapter 18, and um, he was king of Judah. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned for 29 years. So that's pretty young to be the king of Judah. And he reigned for 25 years. And here's the deal. God says that he was a good king. He was a good king. Yet he didn't do everything right. And, you know, I was thinking about, okay, what kind of stories can I bring up to them? I mean, we've all heard about David and Delilah. We've all heard about Samson. I mean, David and Bathsheba. And we've heard about Samson and Delilah. I mean, we've heard all of them. So is there anything in here, God, that, that man, maybe they don't know about? So I found this story, which was awesome. King Hezekiah didn't do everything right, but God still called him a good king. And he had some bad roots. He did some bad things. How many of you guys have ever messed up? I mean, you know, we can all, we all better raise our hands. We all have messed up. And he did as well. And so I want to read, and 2 Kings, we're going to go to 18, and I'm going to just read it like it's, it's like a story. And I'm going to go to chapter thir or, uh, 18 and verse 13. And it says, in the 14th year of King Hezekiah, so he was 39 years old now, um, and some of these names are absolutely cray-cray, uh, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, attacked all the outlying fortress cities of Judea and captured them. King Hezekiah sent a message to the king of Assyria in his headquarters in uh, Lahashish, okay? I've done wrong, he said. I admit it. Pull back your army and I'll pay whatever tribute you set. What? Are you, you're King Hezekiah. I mean, you serve the Lord, the living God. And this horrible guy attacks us, attacks you, and now you're, whoa, 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 back up, dude, man, and you grow a yellow spine? And say, listen, I'm sorry, I did wrong, I messed up, okay? I'll pay whatever you want if you'll just back off and leave me alone. And of course, Hezekiah, well, here's what happened. The king of Assyria demanded tribute from Hezekiah, king of Judah, 11 tons of silver and a ton of gold. You know, that doesn't sound like a lot, but you know what? In today's world, that, that was? I'll tell you. It was, if I can find it here, $7 million worth of silver and $41 million worth of gold. That was the tribute that that horrible king of Assyria wanted, to back off and leave him alone. And that's, that's not all. Here's the thing. Where did he get all that money from? Where did he get it all from? And here's the part where he messed up big time. He stole from God. He took it from the treasury. He took the tithe. He took everything he could find. 
and he stole from God. But yet God called him a good king still. But yet he did all this. Check this out. This is absolutely crazy. It says here, uh, Hezekiah turned over all the silver that he could find in the temple of God and in the place and in the palace treasury. Hezekiah even took down the doors of the temple of God and the doorposts that he had overlaid with gold and gave them to the king of Assyria. Oh my gosh. Wow, I can't imagine what God's looking like. He just took down my gold doors, dude. What's going on? So the king of Assyria sent military men to see him after he gave all that money to him and took down everything. Send him to see him. And uh, it says down here that Elohim and the three sons and Joab said to uh, Rabbishak, please speak to us in our Aramaic languages. So basically what happened was this. He wasn't satisfied. The king of Assyria was not satisfied with all that money. That's just like the devil, isn't it? Do this for me, and we'll, you'll be okay. Jump off of that stone, Jesus, and I'll make you king, man. I'll make you leader. Of the yeah, right. He wouldn't have done it. And neither did this king. So he sends guys back to Hezekiah, and man, he really said some awful things to him. Basically saying, yo, listen, you're defeated. And this is how bad the devil is. He even told King Hezekiah, God sent me here to destroy you. What? He said, if you think that I didn't come with the authority of the king to destroy you and that God himself sent me to destroy you, you're nuts. You're, you're living in a pipe dream. I mean, it says all this stuff. So when you do what the devil said, he's still not going to let you live. Because he's a liar, he's a deceiver, he can't tell the truth. The Bible said that the truth is not even in him. Amen? So, he says, oh my gosh, King Hezekiah is so upset. He sends three of his men to the prophet Isaiah. Who? now you got a guy with deep roots. The prophet Isaiah. And they said to him, a message from Hezekiah, this is a black day, a terrible day, doomsday because of what this king is here is getting ready to do to them. But then, of course, the, the word of God came through the prophet Isaiah, and here's God's word. Don't be at all concerned about what you've heard from the king of Assyria's boot-licking errand boys. These outrageous blasphemous and these outrageous blasphemies. Here's what I am going to do to afflict him. I am going to give him self-doubt. He's going to bear to hear a rumor and he's going to be frightened for his life, retreat to his own country. Once there, I'll see to it that he is killed. That's God speaking back to King Hezekiah. Wow. And that's just what happened. He heard a rumor that something was going on, and he left. But he left his 185,000 troops there. And when he found out that the rumor wasn't real, he sent another note to King Hezekiah and says, Sucka, I'm coming after you now. I want to destroy you. And so King Hezekiah got scared again. I mean, he got, he got terrified. Hezekiah took the letter from the envoy and read it, and he went to the temple of God, spread it out before God, and Hezekiah prayed. Oh, how he prayed. So, he messed up. He messed up. But then he returned back to God. He said, I'm sorry for what I did. I stole from you. I'm sorry. Now, God, please, please help me. And it goes through the long prayer that he prayed to God. And then... Here's what God says. Here's what God said back to him. He won't enter 
the king of Assyria will not enter this city, nor, sh nor shoot so much as a single arrow there. He won't brandish a shield, won't even begin to set siege. He'll go home by the same road that he came. He won't enter this city, God's word. I'll shield this city. I'll save this city for my sake and for David's sake. And that's exactly what happened. And it so happened that that very night, an angel of God, one angel of God came and massacred 185,000 Assyrians. And when the people of Jerusalem got up the next morning, there it was, a whole camp of corpses. How many angels you want to mess with? I sure wouldn't mess with two of them, let alone that one, man. Wow. And it said that the king of Assyria one day, and this is so weird to me, he was worshiping in the temple of his god, Nisrosh. You just seen the real, true, living God massacre 185,000 of your people, and you still want to serve a false god and pray to a false god. What's wrong with people today? I don't get it. I don't understand. And it said that his own son went in and murdered him. Wow. So everything God said happened, happened. But there's a scripture verse there that is the most important. This is why I found this whole thing. It says in 2 Kings 19.30, And the remnant who have escaped of the house of Judah shall again take root downward and bear fruit upward. We all make mistakes. We all mess up. But guess what? We can take root downward once again. Once again. That's the mercy, that's the love, and that's the grace that God has for you and I. Amen. That's right. Give God a hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And he's no respecter of person. If he did it for King Hezekiah, then he'll do it for you and I. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. That's right. He will. And so here's what I want you to do. I want you to close your eyes for a minute. And I just want you to ask God, Ask the Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me about this message? What are you saying to me? Speak to me, Lord. Am I just being a hearer of the word? Or am I being a doer? Am I, am I just letting the seeds hit me? And I'm not doing what the Bible says? I'm not reading? I'm not putting my roots in the ground, or maybe your roots are there, but yet it seems like every storm that comes, you just uproot. Uproot. I don't know what to do with these bad roots. I told you what to do. If you're weak in an area, get in the word that waters the roots and begin to find out what's going on and water them roots and get them roots deep, deep, deep. Dig in. Now, Father, tonight I thank you for this simple message, God. I thank you that you are the root. God, you are the beginning and you are the end. You are the alpha and you are the omega. God, I just thank you, Father, that this message, Father, though so simple, that, God, they, they will plant, God, the seeds that have been sown tonight. And that, God, they will water them seeds, God, and they will become unshakable in everything that they do. And that, God, as they do this, Father, I thank you that everything they do will prosper. Everything they do, everything they put their hand to will prosper. God, they will be like the water that grows the roots. 
Father, I thank you like that tree that grows the roots by the water. God, I thank you that they will be established. They will become strong and mighty, unshakable, unmovable, Father, when the storms of life come and hit them. God, I thank you that they'll be able to help others as well. That, God, as the roots grow deep, Father, they'll be mentors. That they just won't be here to get, God, but, God, I thank you that they will help others to receive what they have gotten. I thank you for that tonight, Lord Jesus, God. Hallelujah. Touch their hearts. In Jesus' name, I thank you for that. Amen and amen.